Hey, this is Evan Jackson, Video Production Director of New Life Church. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that today's message will not only challenge, but encourage and inspire you to see God's purpose for you. Enjoy the message. Okay, well, let's jump into today's final message in our, uh, our series on how to grow. How to grow. And today, the title is simply one word. Legacy. Legacy. All right? Big idea is this. Our growth is not just about us. Growth begets growth. We don't do things simply for our own benefit. When we grow, we cause there to be a multiplication. Okay? So let's go back to our first and key verse for this entire series. Uh, And let's talk about John 15, starting in verse 4. It says this. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me, and I in him produces much fruit. My Father is glorified by this, verse 8, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Now let's get into the multiplication part of this passage. It says this in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, here's the, he loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you may have joy, uh, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. To see the see. The the sequence here, God loves the the Son, the Son loved us, and then we are to love others. There's a a chain. There's legacy built into that. Okay? We are supposed to, Jesus took from the Father everything, and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because I'm just like him. I am am the representation of the Father. If you've seen him, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen him. And that's what I want you to be to other people. If they see you, I want them to see me. That's that's what growth is, right? We're not going to be perfect at that, but here's the thing. When people see you, when they see your life, when they see your priorities, when they see the arc of your life, do they see Jesus? Now, I'm not going to be perfect at this, but I want my life to be a reflection of the Son of God who loved me in such a powerful way. Okay, so that's where we're going today. Um, Jesus says, abide in me just as I abide in the Father. As the Father has loved me, I love you. This is my command, love others as I have loved you. Mark 4, there's going to be a lot of uh, a chapter, a verse today because I just want to give you scripture on this, okay? Mark 4, verse 30 says this, and he said, With what can I compare the kingdom of God? What parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all the seeds in the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants and produces large branches so that birds in the sky can nest in its shade. A mustard seed. Now, here's here's the thing. This This is a mustard seed. All right, and it is, it is small. Go ahead and put that picture up, John, of the mustard seed. 
It's, it's, it's tiny. It's super tiny. Is it not going up? There's no picture? Oh, man. It's so, yeah. My hero. Good job. I promise it's up there. That's good. I like it. This is mustard seed. I had, I had pictures, but I, apparently before Christmas, I didn't have the bandwidth to do that. But here's a mustard seed, okay? It's super small. It's super small, okay? Um, you can take a look at that later if you'd like. But mustard seed trees can reach an average of 20 feet with branches close to the ground. So they, they reach 20 feet, and they, they kind of cascade down. And its width can also grow as much as its height. Yeah, so you can have a 20-foot-tall tree and a 20-foot-wide tree. Okay? The mustard seed has water-seeking roots, which means the tree can survive in extremely hot and dry soil. It reaches down. It goes for it. All right? So what does that do? In a dry and hot land, it produces a very cool spot to sit, to enjoy, to rest. And that's what it says. Um, this is what I would call a positive legacy, growing strong so we can pass on our blessings to ones who come after us. Grow strong. Grow tall. Grow wide. I mean, I'm growing wide, but maybe just... To... The idea is we want to we fill out spiritually so that we can be a blessing to those. Yeah, see, there you go. That, that's a different picture, but thank you, John. Uh, the idea is that this thing can grow tall and wide, and it can fill out to be a blessing to those who come after. Our lives should be a place of shade and rest against the hot, dry conditions of life. A place where those who come after us can rest, regroup, and connect with what really matters. Does your life represent something like that? When people come into your shadow, into your aura, <laughs> so to speak, I don't believe in auras, but the, 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 the sphere of your life, is it restful or is it frantic? Is it a place of blessing or is it a place of, hmm? Legacy building focuses on what is enduring. It's about passing on things of lasting value to those who live after us. Matthew 6, verse 19 says, Don't store up yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth, neither, neither moth nor rust corrupt, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me ask you a second for a second. Where's your treasure? And you might say, oh, my, my treasure is this and that. I'm going to tell you where your treasure is. Your treasure is obvious to everybody. Your treasure is what you put your time into. Your treasure is what you put your energies into. Your, uh, your treasure is what, um, the things that you um, value. So what, is the, what are the only things in this life that are going to last to the next? It's people. It's people. You can't take anything with you other than the, the legacy that you build and the people that you come into contact with. So if our treasure is not, if our time and our energies and the things that we feel are important are not other people and, and building a, 
a life that is going to bless people, then maybe, maybe our legacy is not going to be so good. Maybe our treasures are in the wrong place. Legacy involves living intentionally and aiming to build into the next generation for their success. Now, when we use the word success, we always think money. We always think money. I'm going to build into my kids. They're going to get rich. and they're gonna... That's great. We don't do things like Financial Peace University because we don't think money is not important, obviously, right? We do this because money is, is, is amoral. It's not moral or immoral. It's amoral. Money is a tool. That's it. It's a tool that can hurt you or help you, right? But it's a tool. The love of money is the root of all evil. But money itself is not the root of all evil. The love of money is. But here's the thing. If we are looking to just have our kids succeed financially, we're also putting our treasures in the wrong spot because I guess what? They're not taking that with them either. So when we think about success, we want to we want to grow kids. We want to grow our coworkers. We want to grow. We want people who come into our space under our shade to be blessed and to grow and to be successful. We want to add something to this world. The scriptures inform our idea of legacy as we ask, what is most significant to pass on to the future generations? And how should we go about it? Let's look back at Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 4. It says this. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I want you to listen. This is the most important thing that you could ever grasp. The Lord our God exists, and he's the only one. That's what it means. The Lord our God, uh, the, the Lord God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about abiding. Stay with him. Just Always connect. These words that I have given to you today are to be on your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in the house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your, heart, in your hand. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your heart and on your city gates. What is this saying to me? It says this. When you, if you want to leave a good legacy to the people that you, come in, that, you, that you come into contact with, that you end up being involved with. The most important thing that you can do, and you should do all day, every day, all the time, in the important things, in the small things, at breakfast tables and at board tables, is to, is to bring to them an understanding of the one true God and how, what it looks like to live in, in an abiding relationship with that God. You can do that in your workplace. You could do that at home. In fact, if you want to leave a legacy in your life, that should be the number one thing that you do. Well, pastor, I got to work. <laughs> I can't just study the Bible all day. True. But what does your life look like at work? Is it different than when you're at church? What is your countenance like with your family when you get home from work? Is it pointing people towards Christ 
and towards this God that we're supposed to, to, to abide in? Or is it me? Remember I said, anything you see a good in this, this flaky pastor is God. It's all God. Anything that you see that is not so good, that, that's, that's me. That's me. And I'm working on it. Okay? So that should be the, the, the most important thing. When I was looking at this concept of legacy, what kept coming back over and over again was Paul's writings to this young, young pastor named Timothy. Okay? Uh, Paul had this mentee, this son in the faith that he had, had let go, that he had commissioned to, go, to leave him and go do something important for the kingdom of God. And the, the inclination I get from the word is that Timothy is, is, struggling, is struggling a little bit. He's feeling a little bit like, I don't, know if I'm, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. I don't know if I could do this. And he's struggling a little bit. He's having a little bit of a nervous breakdown. And Paul writes them and says, listen, you got this. You got this. This is not a mistake. You have all that you need to do this. So let's read some of those legacy-type verses. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this, verse 5. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rec- rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Oh, I love that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound judgment. Let me tell you something, guys. If you are feeling lately like you're a failure, can I remind you that you are a son of God? You are a daughter of God. You can do this. You need to remember and rekindle that relationship with God and know that, yeah, you've made mistakes. You're not enough. Deal with it. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. On my own, yes, I'm going to be a failure. With Christ, I am more than a conqueror. Right? I can do this. You've got to rekindle that. You've got to remind yourself. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2, the whole thing is just amazing. So we're just going to read part of it. Here we go. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Michael, go do it, man. Go do it, man. We've committed these things to you so that you can do it likewise. That's what we're doing here. That's what you can do at work. That's what you can do in your school. That's what you, we're going to take the things we've learned and, and man, do it. Pass it out. Keep it going. You can do it. Remind them of these things and, and charge them before God not to fight about words. Don't get caught up in all this bickering and stuff. That's what Facebook is for. This is, a, this is a commentary on Facebook, ready? This is useless and leads to ruin. <laughs> Verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But now, but know this. 
hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love, for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Okay, can we just stop there for a second? Well, let's get real for a second. I'm reading that, and I'm thinking about all those horrible people who are like that. And I'm seeing a lot of myself in there. I've seen a lot of myself. Maybe I'm the only one in the room. <laughs> yeah, right. There are things in this list that I, I'm struggling. I need to, I need to give up. I need to, the, the Holy Spirit to help me with. Right? Because we're human. And this is a very human list. Right? Right? So the whole concept is, what is increasing in your life? What are you growing in? Are you growing in this list or the next? Okay? Hold, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. That's another one. uh, Avoid these people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's what made it funny to me. Avoid these people. How can I do that? He's looking, at the, he's looking out the mirror at me. What it's saying is this. You've got to divorce yourself from that lifestyle. And I want to do that in my own life. But you have followed my teachings. Conduct, uh, conduct, excuse me, you, uh, excuse me, I'm going to do it again, verse 10. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, Patience, love, and endurance. I want those things. Along with the persecutions and sufferings that come, came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. Continue in it. Continue in it. Yeah, there's those things in your life, and you're going to come in, into contact with those people who are, who are indulging that life. Don't be the one who indulges that life, but you're going to come into contact with those people, right? But continue. Grow. Abide. Continue in me, in the words I've taught you. Continue in the word of God. More and more, like we said, by next year, Let's be closer to God than we ever have been in our entire lives. Continue in those things. In what you've learned and firmly believed, you you know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the uh, sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, amen. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So how do we grow those things that are legacy building to the next and not be that bad list by this? All scripture is profitable for doctrine, for correction, because I need it. I need the doctrine. I need the correction for instruction in righteousness. How do I want to be, you want to be righteous? You'll find it here equipping you for every good work. It's right here. It's the user's manual for humans. 
And we'll talk about that starting next week. This is the user manual for humans. And we need it. We need it. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever, here's the list, ready? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is com- uh, commendable, if there be moral excellence, and if there be anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. That's how we build a life that can leave a legacy, a good legacy, a positive legacy. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. That's a heavy statement. I want to be, <laughs> be able to stand here at this stage, this pulpit, whatever you call it now. And I want to be able to say to you, do, I want you to do what you've learned and received and heard from me. The things you've seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. If, if you, basically saying this, if you could, oh, this is so weird to even say. If you could live like me, you're going to have the peace of God. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I'm not saying like you have to be, but the, the things that pastor holds important, the values that your pastor has, the, 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 um, the way he treats his wife, the way he treats his kids, the way he handles money, the way he uh, does things. If, if, if you could just do it the way pastor did it, you'd have a peaceful life. What a legacy that would be, wouldn't it? That's what I want. I think I fail at that quite a bit, but I'm working on it. But now you're like, pastor, that's good, good luck with that. Now flip it. If people looked at your life and they started to emulate what you do, would they have the peace of God in the doing? It's a really good question. It's not just for pastors. Corinthians 11, 1 says, and this is Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what, that's what you do if you want to leave a, leave a good legacy. Parents, that's what you do if you want to leave a good legacy for your kids. Because the only thing that you're going to take with you is them. Bosses, employees, teachers, people. If you want to leave a good legacy, that's the only way to do it. Because there's only one thing you can take to the next life. This is legacy building. Now let's get real for a second. Say, Pastor, I don't have the stuff 
spoon-fed to me from a child like you did. I didn't have that. That was not my life. I didn't have it. I didn't go to, uh, you talked about it before, I didn't go to Christian school. (laughs) I didn't have that life that you had. My childhood was not a lesson in biblical faithfulness. Maybe that's what you're saying to yourself. Some of you may be saying, the legacy of my family is not one I want to pass on. That could be your story. And that's a good point. Because legacy is unavoidable. We all leave something for the next generation. It can be a legacy that is one of growth, or it can one be of one of destruction. That is up to us. But you can't not leave a legacy. You're here. You're marking space. You're here. You're going to leave a legacy. What is that legacy going to look like? Maybe you're saying, I'm just learning these scriptures now. I'm just learning them now. My kids are grown. Is it too late to leave a godly legacy? I'm going to say this. That is a good question, and it's also the power of testimony. I've talked about this before, um, and I don't want to say too much about it because I I love my grandfather. But my grandfather on my dad's side was not, not a great guy. He was rough. He was a rough guy. And uh, he was verbally and emotionally and sometimes even slightly physically abusive to my father and his siblings. And uh, just a tough guy. It really messed with some of my, my dad's brothers and sisters. And my dad um, grew in that, in that environment. And then he met a young lady in college. She's gorgeous. Turned, her head, turned his head. And she was a very pious Catholic. Well, long story short, they got married. And um, they started to live their life together. And my, through, this is a long story, but through circumstances, my dad didn't want to leave the same legacy for his kids that his dad left to him. And my dad made some very dramatic choices later on in his life, after my brother had already been born, I'd already been born, that changed the course of the family legacy. Okay? And not that he didn't struggle with some of those demons, right, Mom? You know? Uh, But here's, here's the end game. It was my dad who went and reconciled with his father and not my grandfather, who was a cantankerous old dude, even when he was young, is now in heaven today because of my dad and the legacy he left his family and he extended to my... Now, I don't remember my grandfather that way because... By the time I was able to remember my grandfather, his life had started to change somewhat because of his newfound relationship with the Lord. 
See, like, it's never too late to start building a good legacy. That's the power of testimony. When God comes into your life, it changes you from where you were and puts you on a different path. And yes, you can't go back and change the past, but you can allow the Holy Spirit to heal those things and move you forward. Now, I'm not saying that everything that happened in the past is going to miraculously change in the moment. And, I, and some things that we've done and some things that we, have, uh, that we hold on to are tragic. You can't take it back. But the testimony is, I was that. I'm not anymore. And I'm not going to be what I am today, tomorrow. A lot of times, there's a really, the greatest testimony of the grace and the mercy and the love of God to people in the, your past is one word. Sorry. I'm sorry. So we can, we can start building legacy even in our later life. The truth is, you don't know what you don't know until you know. I'll say that again. You don't know what you don't know until you know. And that's when testimony comes in. But when the lights come on and the Holy Spirit reveals you the truth and it reveals it right to your heart, young or old, if there's breath in your body today, you can be a legacy builder. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, he it is that will produce much fruit, fruit that is lasting, fruit that will live on into eternity. That's what we want to do. We want to be people who grow, who fill out spiritually so that we can be a respite and an encouragement and a blessing to those who come after us, and we can feed them the word of God and the, and, and the principles of God. I was saying to my wife the other day, it was funny, we were, we were talking about something. It was kind of like a private conversation between us uh, about the family, about our kids and stuff like that. You know, we're trying to figure out different things for the kids and everything. And we're talking, and then two rooms over, Lincoln chimes up. I think we ought to do that. You're playing Legos, bro. Just He's listening the whole time where we're talking. We thought we were being discreet. Nah. I think he's bugged our house. But we were talking, after, after that comment, we were having another private conversation on, behind locked, no, um, saying how it's so important to live the, the, the principles of God's word in word and example. Because you can say what you want to say all day long. You can, you can flap your jaw with the pages of this book all day long, but if, it doesn't, if, if it's incongruent with your life, it's worthless to them. If, you're, if your employees your, or your boss or your people at your work know that you're a quote-unquote Christian, Please live it. Please live it. We're going into a brand new year. Let's, like Scott said, I love what Scott said this morning, man. It just fills me up. Let's abide. Let's grow deep. Let's get strong this year so that when we, when people are around us, they say, wow, someone's, someone's I feel like I'm rejuvenated just being in their presence because we're showing them the love of God 
everywhere we go. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this series. God, I pray that you would help us to grow, not for the sake of notches in our belt, but for the sake of being plugged into the very purpose for which we were created. And that is to abide with you, to have fellowship with God, and to grow spiritually the fruit of of faithfulness, God fruit of the spirit in our lives so that we can impact the world around us for the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. We all have our own stuff. We all have our own pasts. We all have our uh, growing pains. But God, you're good. You said, without me, you can do nothing. So stop trying. But if you abide in me, you will produce the fruits of righteousness. So Lord, be my brothers and sisters. Bless them as we enter in a brand new year. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. To find out more about New Life Church or to plan a visit, go to our website at discovernewlife.org.